0: You're listening to Leafs Lunch with Julia Toucheri and Michael DeStepano on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here.
1: It is a
0: game day here in Toronto. We got the Winnipeg Jets in town. Julia sherry I'm Mike DeStefano. welcome into Leafs Lunch. Big one tonight, Leafs and Jets, you can watch it on TSN4. But before we get into everything, Julia, I, I, I gotta get something off my chest. Oh. So, I, so, funny enough, remember yesterday I had asked you off air, what's the longest time that you spent on a phone, like a phone call?
2: Yes. And
0: you, you didn't really have, you said, oh, I'm not that much of a phone call person. So you didn't have a very long answer to the question.
2: Send me a text. Send me a text. Do not so, call me if it can be a text.
0: <laughs> so last night, funny enough, longest phone call that I've had in probably years. To be honest with you,
2: can I guess I was, who's with?
0: Oh, you have, have no idea.
2: Oh, I was it, gonna it, go Frankie for sure. Just you guys chewing Frankie. the fat.
0: We do. Like Frankie will call me randomly all the time. Like when he's driving into the studio, like he's a caller. So he'll just call and be like, "Hey, what's going on? What's what's it like downtown? What's the vibe like?" Would you and JT talk about today? Well, well, how's uh, how's everything? Like we he'll call me and just chat. Yeah. That does happen a lot. Um but those are, you know, usually, you know, quick 10-minute stop and chats, just kind of get the update on what's going on in life. But no, this was with uh, an old roommate of mine. So you, you don't know, but uh, an old buddy of mine, Sam, he was driving home from downtown. And he was driving all the way up to – he lives about like a half hour north of Barrie. So the guy calls me, and we had an hour and 28-minute conversation on his entire ride home. And we were just sitting there and had the biggest debate about hockey analytics.
2: Oh, my God. That sounds so physically painful.
0: (laughs) Julia, Julia, I swear to you, I I, – in the end, I think I came out victorious, to be honest with you. Like, you know how passionate that I am when it comes to the I numbers? do.
2: What specifically about it, AB? Like, he was just anti-analytics, well, and, anti analytics, anti fully, anti?
0: I mean, it kind of started out that way. Like, the conversation started with him just crapping on William Nylander, right? He's saying, yeah. oh, the guy doesn't play defense. And I'm like, okay, that is an <laughs> As old As
2: all productive conversations tape. do. <laughs> yeah. I, Exactly.
0: That's such an old and expired take, Sam. You can't look at it – that like, that's not the case. Like, look at it, how he's played this year. And then he's like, well, tell me. You can't tell me that he's played well. I saw him in a game here, and he did this. I'm like, okay, so like one game that you went to, he didn't play well. But come on now. William Nylander has definitely evolved, and especially on the defensive end. And then I started bringing up the takeaway stat, how he's third in the league in takeaways. I'm like, how does that not – you know, show some progression in his defensive game. He's like, oh, takeaway stats don't matter. I'm like, okay, what about expected goals? He's hubbing around a guy like Alex Barkov in expected goals this season. And he's like, I don't even care about that. Those stats don't matter. And I had to go into and explain to him why those stats do matter. We ended up going and looking at team stats in correlation to, like, expected goals and uh, actual goals for in correlation to, like, team save percentages. And funny enough, one thing that I landed on, which I think is what I finally got on at, and then we started to break it back down to individual. But we got into like a conversation about team stats and expected goal differential, and funny enough, the top five teams in expected goal differential happened okay. to be the same top five teams in the standings. Wow. So you can't drop: drop.
2: We got headsets on, so you can't me. drop it, but-
0: <laughs> That's right. You can't tell me that there's no correlation between the hashtag- the numbers, and what is happening out there on the ice. Is it everything? Is it perfect? Absolutely not. But you can't dismiss the numbers because oftentimes they tell a lot of the story. Not the whole story, but they tell you a lot of what's going on in the National Hockey League. And you can break it down from a team perspective and from an individual perspective. And uh, yeah, so that took me about an hour and a half, but eventually... He was he was on board. He was on board. And now I think he's like all right. I'm going to watch a little more intently okay. and we'll see uh, if we can change his mind on on William Nylander. He went full Uncle Chris on me. I yep. swear to you, full Uncle Chris, and I mean, he's like, "Trade him. He's terrible. Trade him." I'm like, oh my goodness, guy! I don't even. I'm gonna hang up on you right now. It I'm was. I'm pretty impressed that you were because usually
2: those conversations don't result in in productive conversations. So I'm I'm deeply impressed, maybe, <laughs> that you were able to sway him even the slightest amount.
0: I know there was some serious serious screaming back and forth, and oh talking my gosh, over each that's other. Funny. But uh, eventually, it, it did become productive. If you you know when you talk for an hour and a half, eventually I think you find a little resolve. And yep. uh, I, I think we did. I think I converted him into uh, into an analytics guy.
2: Okay. Well, we heard Paul Maurice has been converted the other day ahead That's of the right. game in Toronto. He was talking about it. Uh, Leafs-Jets tonight, a game you can listen to on TSN4, top two k- teams in Canada. We're going to bring in uh, our TSN hockey analyst, Craig Button, right now on the phone. Craig, how are you this fine Thursday?
1: I'm good, Julia, but uh, need to know. Need to know. It's been bothering me. Uh, great curiosity. And uh, we talked about it last Friday. What was your meal of choice post CHL debut? With you hosting the <laughs> okay,
2: you know what? And and I didn't send you the photo, but I actually I actually took a photo to send to you, and I didn't I didn't do it. It was late, but I had Craig pizza and wings waiting for me when I got nice. home. So there wasn't even a decision to be made. It was pizza oh. and wings, and it was very good.
1: Shout well, the me. key is that, the key is that it was very good and it was tasty, and he enjoyed it. Uh, secondly. Just another example of how well Liam takes care of you. I hope you appreciate him at every day. I'm not going to bring up, I'm not going to bring up the point when you drop them as quick as a (laughs) hot potato on that FaceTime. I love, that's a that's time for another story. And to let everybody know, Julia will be back on Friday on the CHL on TSN. Fantastic in her debut last Friday. Yeah, Aww, she was. Thank
0: you, I Craig. Was, I was watching. I was watching. She was. She was fantastic. She's going to be great uh, all year, Craig. I'm, I'm actually curious. We were having a conversation before you got on. I had an hour and twenty eight minute phone call yesterday, which doesn't happen in today's world. It seems, but it it stemmed around analytics, and and I think I did a pretty good job of converting an old school thinker into you know at least. Agreeing that analytics have a place in hockey. I'm curious, as somebody who has been in the game for so long when analytics weren't necessarily really there or, or mainstream, you know, at what point did you realize that they had a
1: place in hockey? When I was in university taking stats, advanced stats, econometrics, that's when I realized. So, you know, I have a statistics background uh, from my degree, and it, it, it's obviously the uh, uh, analytics and 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 data analysis has taken on uh, a a lot greater uh, uh emphasis in in all businesses and to think that anybody to think that analytics doesn't have a a really strong place in hockey is absolutely backwards and absolutely making a huge mistake i can't believe it took you an hour and twenty eight minutes to try to convince somebody <laughs> of that because well- You know, like, honestly, honestly, like, you know, again, what, 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 you know, what's data analysis and what are you always trying to do in any decision you make? You're trying to get as much information so that you can make the best decision possible with the information you have. So why would you, why would anybody dismiss any type of information that can help you make the best decision possible? It, It defies every sense of intelligent logic.
2: Well, I feel like this is an excellent transition because I didn't realize you had a stats background, Craig, but I learned it very quickly last week, and I actually told AB this story, that you and Frankie were sitting at the desk uh, while the game was going on, <laughs> the CHL game last year, doing the math on what percentage of NHL players, players who have spent any time in the NHL, Rick Bonus as coach. And I feel like that's an excellent transition. What was the number that we ended up getting to there, Craig? What percentage of guys? I'm sorry if I'm putting you on the spot.
1: No, no, it was something like about 7.4%.
2: Okay, so a pretty significant uh, number.
1: Players that have played in the NHL, played a game in the NHL, that we call it 7.5%, we came to a... To a rough estimate, that, that that of all the players that have, co- have played at least one game in the NHL, that Rick Bonus has been part of uh, coaching 7.5 percent of them. And JT, so he's you left
0: an- out a key. You left out a key detail of that story. that yeah. it was done pencil and paper, hand, and it was. I watched Craig long
2: multiply. It was so impressive, and uh, it had me really reflecting on my math skills that I should keep a lot sharper than I do. Because if I I was put on the spot with long multiplication or long division, I might be in some trouble. But he's had an impact on 7.5% of players that have played in the NHL, and he's had a major impact on the Winnipeg Jets this year, Craig. What can you say about the turnaround this group has had under Rick Bonus? Yeah, yeah, and well,
1: can can I just, before I get to Rick, I, I think the hardest time for a manager to really believe in a, in, 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 his, in, in the players and his team and, and what he has constructed is when things aren't going well. And for the Winnipeg Jets last year, they didn't go well. And, you know, if we rewind to the end of last season and a, a, a lot of the – a number of the narratives, uh, you know, oh, do, do they have to trade this player? Do they have to trade that player? Do they have to move this player out? And, and I think Kevin Shovel Dayoff, who's a really measured person and a really intelligent person. He looked at his team and, and he said, wait a second, here he goes, I I watched this player perform, I watched this player perform, I watch and, and, and he believed in them. And and you need people to believe in you when, when you're not at your best, when things aren't going well, and then to also figure out, okay, what do I have to do to ensure that my belief and translate into them performing better and that they can, you know, the words that were used by a lot of the players, embarrassed, shameful, disappointing at, at their season. So now Kevin takes a step back and he looks. Now we, we all know that uh, there was time spent with Barry Trotz. And so you think about Barry Trotz as a coach and you think about Barry and everything that he did in, in, in his time. And I'll just go over the last decade. You know, first with the Washington Capitals and then with the Islanders, exactly the type of coach that that, that would work and, and, and that I felt, and obviously Kevin did, that would that the Winnipeg Jets needed. And then th- that didn't come to fruition. But Kevin said, "Well, okay, we don't have Barry Trotz. Who is that person?" And Rick Bonus was that person. And when you look at what he did in Dallas, a, a very, very good defensive team, a team that had talented talent in their group and you know had to play uh you know with a certain uh, degree of, of of real precision and discipline defensively and that's exactly what the winnipeg jets needed and it's exactly what Rick bonus has brought to their team and and i think the balance uh julia and ab is the, the one where, you know, you, players want to be successful individually and they want the team to be successful. And as a coach, you've got to work those two in conjunction and try to keep the balance. The team is much better defensively. They, need, they, they, were, one of the, they were in the bottom 25% of teams defensively last year in all the metrics. And then you look at the, the frustration that the players were having in terms of saying we're better than this. And now you look at this year. Way better defensively, record, way better, the individual players that are having strong seasons, you think about josh Morrissey and and I go back to you know when I use discipline and structure and how you play defensively you, you, you can apply pressure i 'm a pressure person I, I I want to apply pressure, but mindless pressure doesn 't work, and uh, you know you, you see it at different times, players are now all oh, pressuring. But are you pressuring with purpose? And do you understand what your pressure is, is is creating? Because it may be creating more vulnerability than advantages. And that's what the Winnipeg Jets did last year. That's coaching. That's coaching. And the bottom line is Rick Bonus has come in. He has given them structure. Their pressure is good. Their pressure now doesn't create vulnerability. And individually... Now players aren't expending a lot of energy applying unnecessary pressure and they're able to, you know, work successfully in other areas. We see that in so many different examples of players on their team. You look at Josh Morrissey, you take the pressure off of Connor Hellibutt, Rick Bonus has been fantastic and exactly what the Winnipeg Jets needed.
0: Yeah, I mean, you got the Jets right now who are the top team in the Western Conference, and you've got the Leafs, one of the the best teams out east. I mean, you you debuted a new segment on SportsCenter last night, the Button Barometer, and you took these two teams and, and you were asked, you know, which one is the best shot at ending Canada's Cup drought? We know that you mentioned that the Jets have the more favorable path due to the fact that they're in a weaker West as opposed to having to play Boston and Tampa to get uh, on their path to the Stanley Cup. But when you look at these two teams, you know, kind of in a vacuum and on paper, like which one do you think is more built properly to succeed in the playoffs?
1: Yeah, well, you know, we talk about success, right? And it's it's hard to argue against either team uh, you know, with with the success they've had this year, and and showing that they they that you know the things that are necessary to win in the playoffs, they demonstrated it. The the Leafs have demonstrated it. They demonstrated it versus the uh, Boston Bruins in last Saturday in a very tough game. But the, the way I look at it is is, <clears throat> and I, and I did it in the in the button barometer. The key thing to that, A.D., though, listen to the music. That music's gonna be playing in nightclubs all across this country once the playoffs begin. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Sam Friedman, Sam Friedman put that whole piece together. He is just phenomenal, uh, with the work he does. So, you know, I give all the credit to Sam for putting it together. But, you know, obviously Hella Buck and everything. But, you know, when, when, when you have Austin Matthews, and you have Mitch Marner and you have, uh, William Nylander, who, who you know, but you both know, uh, how much I love William Nylander as a player. And you, you look at the way the Leafs are, are playing. Like, I know the Winnipeg Jets are good, and I know the Winnipeg Jets, but if you're asking me, like, do, I love Dubois. I, I I love Adam Lowry. I, I love wh- wh- where they're at and, and, and where they're at. But it, it's hard, and, and he, here's where I get to. I, I watch the Detroit Red Wings go through, you, you know, that path of, of failure. And and sometimes you have to fail to have success or to understand that success is is going to require a greater price to be paid. For me, it's hard to bet against superstars. It's hard for me to bet against the Hart Trophy winner. It's hard for me to bet against Mitch Marner, who's the first-team all-star right wing for two content, and does so many things in the game. And you think about, you know, uh, what you've gone through, uh, where the Toronto Maple Leafs and all these players, and then I watch how they've played this year and and I'm talking about right now and, and, and path aside, like I, I, I like where the Toronto Maple Leafs find themselves. That being said, that being said, if you look at where the Toronto Maple Leafs find themselves right now, there's still work to be done. The beautiful thing, and you've heard me say this, is that they know who they're playing and they know what the path is. So strengthen your team, strengthen your team. That to me has to be the number one mandate for Kyle Dubas how to add players that give you uh, a stronger team, which gives you a better chance to beat the likes of Tampa Bay and Boston.
2: With our TSN hockey analyst, Craig Button, right now, and and trade season is upon us, Craig, so you just mentioned Kyle Dubas has his work cut out for him ahead of the trade deadline, just like a lot of GMs around the league right now. If you're Kyle Dubas, and AB, this has been the conversation kind of around this market, Kyle Dubas on an expiring contract, but this is the window for the Maple Leafs, even though there's a lot of teams who are going to be all in at this deadline, especially with a lot of teams being all out on this deadline, with Connor Bedard being available as the first overall pick. Is this the year, Craig, if you're the Maple Leafs, that you're putting all your chips in? does this I don't want to say caution to the wind, but when you think of someone specifically like Matthew Nyes, is he the line that might be uh, – is that where you might draw the line in terms of making assets available?
1: Matthew Nyes, in my view, this is the projection of Matthew Nyes, can be a solid second-line player. I'm going to go – I don't know if you recall, the beginning of the year – there was a lot of talk like Ottawa senators need defense. They need better defensemen to be a better team. They're not close to the playoffs. They need better. And if you want to. So there's a lot of talk about Jacob Chikrin, right? Well, Jacob Chikrin a really good defenseman, a really solid defenseman. And there's a lot. Oh, wow. You know what? I wouldn't trade Shane Pinto for Jacob Chikrin. Okay. So what are you going to trade for Jacob Chikrin? Like, you're not going to trade. I, I, like you need help on the blue line. You know, that Jacob Chikrin a really solid player. And you're you're going to now say that I'm not going to trade. Like, what do you think you're getting good players for? So when you use the term all in, you know, and Shane Pinto, who, who's a solid player, but you, your your problem isn't on offense. Your problem is on the blue line. So you better be willing to give up something to get something that'll help you. So Matthew Nice, do I think he can come in and help the Toronto Maple Leafs this year in the coming playoffs? No, I don't. Do I think that he could? come in and play in the NHL a little bit. This is a team trying to compete for the Stanley Cup. This is a team trying to compete and, and beat top teams. Matthew Knight. So, okay, do you want to give up Matthew Knight? Nobody wants to give up players that, have, that are good prospects. But if it means improving your team, and here's what you're trying to really do, help Matthews and Marner and Nylander and Tavares and Riley and, and Murray and everybody else there, that's what you need to do. So when you ask me about being all in, I'm not telling you you go and give away everything and sell everything, but those are the hard decisions, and those are the decisions that separate those who want to make their team as best as they can. I said this, and I'll say it continuously all the way to the trade deadline. I don't know why people don't follow the Julian Brisebois playbook. You know what? We're going to see lots of trade bait boards. We're going to see lots of trade bait boards. Last year, I don't know where Nick Paul's name ended up, few years back, I don't know who, where Blake Coleman or Barkley Goodrow's name was on it. Tampa Bay Lightning traded a first-round draft pick and Nolan Foote, another first-round draft pick for Blake Coleman. They traded a first-round draft pick for Barkley Goodrow. Oh, what are they doing trading first-round pick for Barkley Goodrow? The, the Tampa Bay Lightning recognized what they needed, and they went out and got it. Last year, they went, and, and then the last year, they're going trade for Brandon Hagel. Are you watching what Brandon Hagel has done? Have you watched... And we all know what Coleman and Goudreau did to their team, right? Bottom line is, you want to strengthen your team, there's a price to be paid. So if that means being all in, all I know is it's not about forgetting about the future. Matthew Nye's ain't helping you win a Stanley Cup this year. Figure out if he's a player that you have to give up to get a player that can help you win this year.
0: So, yes, the question, the next question for you, Craig, is, is Is there some players that maybe you've identified that you think would be worth giving up that, that top asset to go out and get him for the Maple Leafs?
1: Yeah, Lawson Krause. That's exactly I really? go right to the Arizona Coyotes. What do you mean, really? Because no, you're, you're I, I really, mean, that's just not a name really, that we hear no, a lot. Stop, no, no, stop a second. You really is a question mark. <laughs> yes. It's okay. Question it. Go ahead. You know what? I said this last year at this very same time on your show. But like, there's no problem with good debate and disagreement. But but, tell me tell
0: me why. Uh, that's a question. I mean, he's just not a name that you hear a lot. But like, I like Lawson Krause, and you talk about this team meets someone who's got a little bit of meat and potatoes who can score a little. I guess that makes sense. But I, like, is Matthew Nice? What you going to give potatoes? up for that? L- he's got a, a lot. <laughs> he's a big A, in a
1: second. <laughs> In a second. And I would give up Shane Pinto for Jacob Chikrin in a second. Oh, I did, if I, I did. want to improve my team and get better. Did you know who Barkley Goudreau was? Did you know who Blake Coleman was? Did you know anything about Brandon Hagel? It's not about big names. Who beat the Toronto Maple Leafs last year in the Stanley Cup Game 7? Oh, that would be Nick Paul. Not a yep. big name. It's about strengthening your team. And keep this in yeah, mind, but... AB. <laughs> keep this in mind, AB. It's about what your team needs. It's not about big I... names.
0: Nick Paul cost a, a fourth-round pick, and, and Matthew Joseph, who I think was a match last night. I just mentioned Blake
1: Coleman and Barclay Goodrow. Okay, so I'm you know, know what? I'm telling you who beat the Toronto Maple Leafs, okay? Bottom line is, if I can get lost in cross for Matthew Nice, I'm doing it in a Texas second. I like it. I like it, Craig.
2: And Texas second faster or slower? Everything's more chill there. Have
1: you ever been to the Texas Speedway?
2: <laughs> I, I wish I had.
1: They say they say Julia, everything's bigger in Texas. So it, it, it's more about the second is bigger. It might not be faster.
2: Okay, I like it. Uh, we were just talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning, Craig Stephen Stamkos, not just five hundredth goal last night. So much, so much we could say about Steven Stamkos. He was a really big focal point in that playoff series last year. Went through so much in his career, and he was sitting on on number five hundred for a while. John Cooper was kind of talking about his impact uh just in in florida in general cooper was talking about how and obviously the team was in a different place a couple stanley cups helped too but how many stamkos jerseys he sees out and the role stamkos has played in in growing hockey in florida what what can you say about steven stamkos and, and his
1: legacy well, I mean, when you watched him in junior, he, I mean, he was a, a phenomenal player, and there was no reason to believe that he wouldn't be a star in the NHL. And that he, and, and further, that, that you, you certainly didn't believe that he couldn't achieve what he's achieved uh, to this point in time, and and he's done exactly that. Well, guess what? When you're the first overall draft pick, you know expectations for that type of talent are are, are, are exactly that. What you know? Think about this. Think about the Tampa Bay Lightning, where they were at when they drafted Steven Stamkos. They're at the bottom of the league. You know what? So you have a franchise that had won the Stanley Cup in 04 and they'd fallen right to the bottom of the league. And, you know, where are they at? And so you draft this player, the the marketing uh, slogan was seeing Stamkos. That's how they were marketing it. And, you know, you, you bring in a first overall pick with the idea that he is going to change the fortunes of your franchise. And that he's somebody that can help you become uh, a, a, a championship-caliber team. That, that, that's the reality of drafting a, a, a player first overall with the talent of Steven Stamkos. And what has he done? Exactly that. Two-time Stanley Cup champion. Been in the Stanley Cup Finals three times. You know, 500 goals. John Cooper talks about the influence he's had off the ice. You know, when when the expectation. is is so high, and then you have a player that comes in and meets every single one of those expectations, that's superstardom. I can say this about Steven Stamkos. He will only have to wait three years before his plaque goes up, after he retires, before his plaque goes up in the Hockey Hall of Fame.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's there's not a lot of guys who scored 500 goals in the National Hockey League. and I mean, this guy's done it. One of the very few to score 60. And, uh, you know, a couple cups also definitely helps. Um, speaking of another number one overall pick, uh, Uri Slevkoski, some tough news coming out of Montreal yesterday, out three months with an upper body injury. Only had 10 points this year prior to the injury. I mean, when you look at his rookie season, and I, I know you've been on record multiple times saying that you felt that he probably shouldn't have been in the NHL to start the year. Um, like, did, did the Habs kind of botch his rookie year?
1: No, it's it's hard to say that you're botching a a player's rookie year. You know, the Montreal Canadiens have the best interests of your Rye in in, in place. But what what I would say, A.B., it's a cautionary tale. If you're the first overall pick, obviously you have lots of uh, talent and lots of promise. But just because you're the first overall pick and you're 18 years old doesn't mean you're ready for the NHL. You know, it's it's the best league on the on the planet. It's got the best players. You're playing against players that have established themselves at 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 a top level for years, and that's really challenging. And and the NHL is not about uh, development. It's not about uh, you know what your potential is down the road. And I I I think with Uri, you know, there's lots of things he's going to take away from from this to to this point in the season, and they're going to help him in the future, but. You know, the cautionary tale is just because you're the first overall pick and just because you have a lot of promise doesn't mean that the NHL is the right place for you at 18. And, you know, are you ready for the pace? We've seen Uri Slavkowski take some really big body checks this year, and he's a big guy because the game's faster. You got to be more aware. You got to be you got to be quicker in your decision making, and and you got to be uh, understanding of where you might be vulnerable. And I, that, 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 I don't think that has anything to do with this this injury that's going to keep him out for the rest of the year. So you know, you look at all those things. Teams have done it to, like over the years, time and time and time and time again. And for me, my belief is is that you know, a player like you, Sarkovsky, is promising as he is. Keep helping him build. His, 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 game and develop his game where, you, you know, the confidence grows and how does confidence grow confidence grows by having success. Like I've never heard anybody say, you know what? Uh, I'm really feeling confident because I, because I keep failing. No, we talk about growing from, 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 from failures and everything. All I know is this, when, when I was in university and I was taking exams, if I got an F on an exam, I didn't come out of there feeling really confident about my chances to pass that course. So I don't see how any player in the NHL, when you're not having successes, is going to build confidence. I want to see players build, build successes. And by building successes, you're going to build confidences. Kenny Holland, to me, has the best line I've heard. I want them to grow and develop and become overripe. You know what? Green bananas don't taste very good.
2: Yeah, it's true, and it looks like Slavkovsky's still around the team in good spirits, so good sign for the yeah. young guy who has a bright future ahead of him. Uh, Craig, just before we let you go, I, I saw your comments on Ivan Provorov on SportsCenter. I, I think you summed it up really well. I just wanted to touch on it quickly before uh, before we let you get on your way. So for those of you who are unaware, it was, it was Pride Night in Philadelphia a couple of nights ago, and ahead of the game, it came out that Ivan Provorov did not participate in warm-ups because he did not want to wear the pride jersey so there's been lots of discourse in the wake of this but I, I really like the perspective that you took on focusing on the positive efforts of guys like jvr and scott lawton who who go out of their way to be allies uh in the nhl i, I
1: i'm gonna i'm gonna just jump right on top of that uh that banner word you just used and that's being an ally you know you know y- what we talk about when we talk about diversity, equality, and inclusion and and, and, and i 'm going to jump on inclusivity, right like you know what you want people, regardless of of, of what their sexual orientation is, regardless of what their religion is, regardless of what their race is, to feel comfortable and that 's what inclusivity is and, and and that means you know accepting people and making them comfortable in whatever environment there there is and, and, and you know hockey is for everyone and Quite frankly, Ivan Provorov absolutely failed. He absolutely failed. So he talks about being accepting and being, no, no he, he wasn't. He wasn't an ally. And we can't get focused in on Ivan Provorov. There's lots of, lots, of, uh, lots of people in our world that, you know, need educating. And, and let me tell you, they need educating for different reasons. And we'd all like to be along that path of progress where we find ourselves where we can say, yeah, we're there. It's an ongoing uh process. And you know, some people are further along it, but what we can't do is stop working for something that's really important. And I think that's where the focus on James Van Reemsdike, the focus on Scott Lawton, and the focus of so many others that are and, and the progress we're making and, and it's important with the education to continue that and not forget about it. I think my line was the objections of one cannot take away from the objectives of many which are far more worthy we got to continue the work
0: well said craig well said uh, i i completely agree i mean let's you know appreciate the 19 that did as opposed to focusing on the one that uh, that didn't uh craig really appreciate it as always we'll uh, chat again next week
1: okay go watch some paper Watson, and okay I will. Guy's a beast.
0: Video a homework.
2: Beast. <laughs> I like it.
0: <laughs> we'll have this discussion next week, and I'll, I'll, I'll dig into the numbers for you, Craig, and we'll have an intelligent statistical conversation.
1: Listen, every conversation with you, is intelligent and passionate. I love that about you.
0: <laughs> Appreciate it, Craig. Right back <laughs> yeah, at you. Yeah, sure. Have a good weekend. Take care. All right. There he goes. Craig J. Button. Our uh, TSN hockey analyst. It threw me off. Like Craig, that was not a name I was expecting. Have you heard one time anybody mention? Yeah, Lawson Krause is the guy, right? Like no. it, it's it's Ryan O'Reilly, it's Bo Horvat, it's Gavrikov, it, like Max Domi even. But I have not heard anybody come up with Lawson Krause.
2: I'm into it. i coming Yeah, yeah. I'm into I know.
0: it, but 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 like there, I understand what he was saying. Where. You know, Tampa, sure, they went out and they gave up all these picks and prospects, and at the time seemed like overpayments, but because they won, now they look like genius I know, moves. that's the
2: thing. Everything makes like, you look like a genius oh, when it works. Like, everything exactly. makes you look smart and, and, when it works.
0: And and if you're Kyle Dubas, I mean, yes, I suppose you need to have faith in your club, but you also know that if you make that move and it does not work, you are no longer the general manager Oopsie. of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yep. I will. Like, if you trade Matthew Nyes for Lawson Krause... And that does not work out, and there it's a first round elimination. I think his p- passcode will be denied the following day. Yeah, I
2: always go back. Sorry, I know we got to wrap, Josh. But I always go back to that Felino trade. And if he hadn't been injured, it might right. have ended up looking a lot differently. But now we all kind of poo poo on it because it didn't work out.
0: Well, you know, I'm glad you said that because uh, on the other side, our boy Jonas actually put out oh, a, a trade You have some poo pooing to do. Uh, on, on on a player. And it has to do with the Felino deal. It's got to do with the Felino deal. I'll explain what I'm talking about on the other side. We'll take a look at the ten names that Jonas has listed as uh, his top ten Leafs trade targets. So we'll do that on the other side. Ross are going to be joined by uh, Kevin Sawyer, who's going to join us at 105. That'll He'll help us tee up tonight's game. Jets and Leafs, you can watch it on TSN 4, should be a goodie. Uh, I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Teixeira. Listen to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050.
1: Matthews has done it again Now, back to Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050 The Leafs live here There's a few things I think they've really their special teams in goaltending have been really strong for them and that gives you a chance to win every game and with that I think you just get greater confidence in your in your team and your team play and you get positivity around your team. Um, obviously, Rick uh, has clearly done a good job there, and and you know their the team is believing it. They've always had really good and very dangerous players. They're having really good years. Uh, so they got a, a lot a lot of things going their way here for them. So it's a lot to contend with tonight.
2: Leasebusters will get you out of your car lease today. It's as easy as pie, a piece of cake, avoid penalties and early termination fees. Visit leasebusters.com. .com. It's the Leafs and the Jets tonight. An underrated rivalry night, AB, on Jesse Pollock's birthday, nonetheless.
0: No way.
2: Yep, it's birthday? Jesse's birthday. He's going to be in the house tonight. He turns 16 today, so it's a very <laughs> exciting day for, for Jesse. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we're going to have Kevin Sawyer on in the next hour to tee that one up. The Jets play-by-play, our color commentary guy for... The Jets on TSN, and you can watch that game on TSN 4 tonight. Top two teams in Canada, it'd be exciting stuff.
0: I'm, I'm, I am jacked up for this game. I feel like I've been talking about it for, like, three weeks now. Like, there's, yeah. well, there's
2: the Boston game, the
0: Florida game, but, like, this game on, what's today, day, January 18th? January 9, or, yeah, January 19th. That's the game that I'm excited for, because whenever these two teams play, there's always fireworks. I mean, yep. you go back to the bad blood that was established in the Canadian division, Right, you, you think about the 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 neon knee, knee with Pionk, Sandine. Spezza got suspended last year. Uh, Logan Stanley with the helmet, and then you have what's better than beating the Leafs? Comment from Mark Schifflie. Like, there's just and that Dubois and Matthews have had a rivalry ever since that Columbus series. So there's yeah. always something going on here. Morgan Riley got into a fight last time These two teams played. Morgan Riley dropped the gloves with Josh Dorsey back when these two teams played earlier in the year, which was a Maple Leafs victory, I might add. So they'll be looking to do the exact same thing uh, again tonight.
2: Yeah, Hazy B reminded me yesterday. Like I remember after that first game, I believe it was in October, and it was kind of the first yep. game that we saw the Leafs be the Leafs and, and really seemed it, to get up for that game. Yeah, it and he like was the like the first
0: kind of litmus test of the year in a way.
2: Ah, litmus test, one of my faves. Uh-huh. One of my faves. Buzz terms. But uh, Hayes was like, I remember looking at the calendar back in October and looking at this January 19th matchup between the Jets and the Leafs and thinking, dang, that's a long way away. And it snuck up on us. Years flying by.
0: Uh, I don't know. I've been looking at it for like three weeks. <laughs> Sneak up on me. I've been geared up for it. But uh, it's crazy how very much alike these teams are like in terms of the years that they're having like the Leafs 61 points this year, Jets 59. So similar save percentage or uh, points percentage, goal differential, Leafs plus 31, Jets plus 30. Uh goals against per per game for the Jets, they're fourth with the 2.62 goals against. Leafs sixth with 2.67 goals against. Like these two teams have been basically on pace with each other the whole season.
2: Yeah, it's interesting Two really matched two teams that I I would never think of as, as similar to one another, but now we're kind of examining. They have had similar kind of paths this year with widely different expectations, but I find their like blue line really comparable to one another. The one thing that's really not comparable, obviously, is wow. goaltending yeah. and having that really strong <laughs> number one guy who you know you can lean so, on every night. But I don't know if anybody in the league has someone like well, Soros, I guess, but Hellebuck is out of his mind this year.
0: They're calling him Connor Vesnebuck in the peg this year.
2: Connor yeah,
0: or Vesnabuck.
2: It doesn't flow as well as other nicknames that I've heard. I'll say like, that, but it, it Norsey, is a pretty good one. Like Josh Like Norcy is so good. Norsey yeah. is so 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 good.
0: Yeah, that's that's a pretty good one. I I would agree with you. And I mean, look, I think that this is going to be a a terrific matchup though. Like there's going to be ba- You know what though? Here's what I hate. I feel like every time we get excited for a matchup though, it kind of disappoints. Don't you feel that? I don't know. Is that just me? Like every time I we get stoked, oh, there's going to be fireworks tonight because this happened in the last game. And then it kind of is just a little tame because nobody wants to be the first person to poke the bear and nobody wants things to get out of hand. I hope that's not the case because I, I, I might go down to the game tonight and I want it to be very, very exciting and entertaining.
2: Yeah, I don't know that Jets one we were fired up for and ended up working out earlier in the year. The Boston game was was good on Saturday. We were fired up. We were fired up for the Tuesday game versus the Florida Panthers and it delivered because it was a crazy one. But the part that didn't deliver was Matthew Kachak. So I know what you mean, I suppose.
0: Yeah, well, that's what it is. Um, so we were talking earlier about how Jonas Siegel put out his uh, his trade target board for the Maple Leafs out on uh, on the Athletic. Why don't we actually take a break and then we kind of break break it down a little bit because there's a couple of names on there that interest me and also one where I'm starting to veer away from, and it has Ooh. to do with it, – it's just got a, a Nick Foligno smell to it. I'll be honest. Ah. There's a little Nick Foligno smell to one of these guys. it has got you a Sudbury stench. About. A little bit of a Sudbury stench, yes, that's what I'm picking up <laughs> on here. Um I've never been to Sudbury, but I'd imagine that it's it's very similar to what's this going mar- on.
2: I have once a week have someone think that I'm from Sudbury. And it's 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 I get it, like Thunder Bay Sudbury, I I suppose I get it. There's about Twelve hours that separate those two cities, but just this morning I was on a call and somebody was like, "Yeah, CHL this Friday. It's uh, we're gonna talk about Sudbury." So Julia could chime in, and I'm like, "Yeah, it's you guys grew up closer (laughs) to Sudbury than me, but I guess I could chime Uh, in." Yeah,
1: yeah, I was
0: was right next door, six hours north. No, no big deal. Yeah, uh, no. You know what? Honestly, I think when I was younger, I did think Sudbury was way more north than it is. Like I did think that it was up, up in the. You know, T Bay area.
2: Well, before I moved here, I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, yeah, Sudbury has got to be somewhere in between Thunder Bay and, uh, and Toronto. Nope, not the case. The halfway point between Thunder Bay and Toronto is the Sioux, which is about, what, four hours north of, of Sudbury still? Sure. Three hours. I've never been yeah. there either, so I couldn't tell I've you. I've done maybe... that drive too many times, baby. Well, if,
0: if if we run into Kyle Dubas, we can ask him how uh, how far away. And if that's that's the truth, because that <laughs> man loves thing, yeah. talking about the Sioux.
2: God bless him. It was loves the first it. thing Kyle Dubas ever said to me. I don't know if I've said that on the air before. We said Julia Thunder Bay, right? And I said, yeah, Kyle, <laughs> I respect the game. I respect it's, the game.
0: Is that like what it like? It, it, people have respect for one another when they're not from Southern Ontario. They're like, you're a Northie. You're a yeah. Northie.
2: I, mean, I don't know if I'd ever say north, maybe northerner might come to my head, but, you know, you just there's something about north of the Sioux that will, will always have my heart. And, and right. the Sioux is the line where I really consider people north also.
0: Yeah, so Sioux and up, northern Ontario. If you're down, southern Ontario. You're I from see, Toronto. <laughs> yeah, you're from Toronto. Like, I'm from Niagara, but, like, when I it's go... It's so
2: easy to just...
0: Well, you know, it's funny. Like I, I, So I vacation a lot, obviously, and go on cruises where there's people from all over the world... So when you ask people where they're from and you know I'm lucky I guess that I live in Niagara Falls so it's like it's a landmark and people yeah. know where So I can say Niagara Falls but I'll have uh, like people will be from let's say Welland right like I ran into somebody from Welland Ontario which okay. is really close to Niagara Falls but how many people have actually heard of Welland Ontario or Pelham Ontario so they'll just say Toronto like, always. It's like, if you are within, like, a two-hour distance of Toronto and you're on vacation, someone asks you where you're from, they say Toronto. It's like, oh, that's good. Co- I live there, too. Where, Whereabouts? Well, not actually Toronto. I'm and then from- you
2: actually have to get into the nitty-gritty of it once, yeah, they, then, once yeah, you like, realize they know the vibe. Right,
0: right. And I ran into someone, they're like, oh, actually, I'm from Bob Cajun. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, of course I've heard of Bob Cajun. I'm A, Canadian, and B, there's a very famous song called Bob Cajun.
2: Right. that every
0: Canadian ever definitely knows. So, uh, yeah, I don't know how we got in, onto that topic. But anyway, <laughs> let's break and then get back into this trade uh, This trade board that our pal Jonas has put out. And we'll, we'll take a look at some of these names. So that's what we got coming up. Kevin Sawyer going to join us as well. Uh, I'm Mike DiStefano with Julie DeSherry. Listen to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. This is Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs
1: live here. Oh.
2: Alarming message to share before we get into our um, in, in, before we get into the trade stuff. Leafs lunch is brought to you by Vanilla Visa prepaid cards, available for purchase at Petro Canada. The perfect gift for any occasion. You know when you get like text from the wrong number? Hopefully,
0: uh, like on your personal cell phone or I
2: don't know. So I used to have an 807 number. Shout out to the 807 area code. It was awesome. It was a great conversation starter. It was one of my favorite things. I have a work phone what now. The hell is
0: 807.
2: 807 is Bay tell northwestern uh, ontario baby okay. and it was the best conversation starter and now i have a work phone and it's a 416 number and i get the craziest i get the craziest i never used to get any telemarketing or anything before i get crazy telemarketing all the time and occasionally i get because i don't know who had this number before but i think it might be a sketch bag because i just got a text <laughs> that says good morning I don't feel well. I won't be able to be there, but I will still give you the funds, okay? Am I involved in some sort of some sort sure. of crime, maybe? I'm... I texted back immediately and said, <laughs> I have the wrong number. It's bad on my part that my brain immediately goes to, oh my gosh, I'm part of a drug deal <laughs> or something, <laughs> when this person Ju- could Julia. really be selling a TV on Kijiji.
0: I'm not sure. I'm really not sure, but I get texts like that all the time. I'm fairly certain that is... A scam text. Wrong number. No. I think this is just a scam text. Oh, you think text.
2: it's a scam text, not a wrong number yeah. text? Yes. Oh, I don't know if yes. you get scam texts. Usually I get scam calls. Oh, I and get that all the, the time. The weird thing is, like... it's from like a, uh, usually they come from weird numbers. Like, you can tell it's a big, no, this is a full on 416 today. number.
0: That that that's today's world. God, I get, they're getting I good. I get these texts. I get these texts all the time, where it'll be like, "Hey, not going to be able to make it today, but can you do blah blah blah?" And I'm like, "There's no way that any human just sent me this text message. Like, there's Ugh, no chance." Okay. Like, well, I'm
2: glad you're here. I
0: I I, I'm glad I think you you're okay. Talk me off this ledge. I think you're safe. I think you're safe. Um, but yeah, it, it, these telemarketing text messages are getting out of hand. I'll tell you that. Also, some of them the come in. The text, like the physical texts, are actually like smaller and weird. You yeah. could tell. Like I get stuff like from saying, "Oh, your Amazon is uh, an issue," or "Oh, your bank account has been frozen. You need to." Yeah, usually I'm right. good
2: at flagging those though. Like they come in as text, and they come from like a number that has a one ahead of it, and usually yeah. like the area code is a little bit of a red. This is straight up four one six. Oh yeah, like I've had straight those. Up... God, okay. they happen. Anyways, I right. have to get that off my chest.
0: Let's look to dive into this uh, really quickly, I guess. Dive into Jonas's top ten trade board one point oh. It's out on the athletic. You can go check that out right now. Um, he's looking at the top ten forwards. So this is forwards, and I did text him. I was saying, I- "Is this just your top ten, or just forwards?" And said, no, top ten. T- no number two part two coming out later this week. So uh, later this week number or i guess 2.0 or the defensive trade target board will be on uh, will be available for you later this week. So the name that i'm looking at which i hate it because i've actually been a very big proponent of this deal for a while oh, but i'm starting to I'm sour shocked. on it. Start oh. to sour on it. Ryan O'Reilly.
2: Oh. Yeah. That, okay. Like, so go ahead. Tell me your point. Have,
0: doesn't this have Felino stench on it? Like Felino was traded for coming off an injury. Over the hill, wasn't producing, and all of those characteristics align with what's happening with Ryan O'Reilly this year as well. Right? Broken foot, he's got sixteen yep. points this year in in like thirty seven games. He's thirty three years old. It just has a bit of a felino stench to it.
2: Yeah, okay, so I I Felino stench is the perfect way to put that. I didn't know where you go- were going when you teed this up before the break. You know I'm a big I'm a big Morgan Riley er, not Morgan Riley, though I am a right. big fan of Morgan Riley. Ryan <laughs> O'Reilly, gal. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Um
0: I was a big fan. Yeah, it, it's yeah, I, like I I am, am but... a big
2: fan. He's like a proven winner. It seems to have that great character. You're right in saying that. It sounds a lot like the Felino deal, especially with the year that he's had. Yeah. And uh maybe more specifically the injuries because the blues in general haven't been very good so the play I might be able to overlook and say okay bad team maybe he needs a little bit of a reset with a with a new group and and that'll probably invigorate him but the injuries add a scarier caveat to that
0: yeah that's that's my only thing when when i'm looking at this and and you know <sighs> In hindsight, that's what we always look at that Felino deal. Like at the time, I thought it made sense. I was on board with the trade, but I look back on it and it's like ah, maybe Taylor Hall might have been the better option. He was at least healthy and producing that year. Maybe he would have made a difference when the team couldn't score goals against the uh, the Montreal Canadiens. But I don't know. That's that's just what kind of popped in my mind when I was I don't know. I was having this conversation yesterday with somebody and, and I saw Ryan O'Reilly pop up, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, you know what it was actually? Jonas and Jeremy Rutherford put a piece about Ryan O'Reilly up on uh, The Athletic, just talking about what a deal could look like if there'd be interest, and I'm just thinking to myself, like, you know what? If the price tag is a first-round pick plus, it, it just it's the same price tag that was for Nick Felino. and it's just yeah. got very similar characteristics to it. And... I, 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 you know, we talked about Kyle Dubas learning lessons yesterday, you know, learning from his mistakes. Maybe does he veer away from this situation because he got bit by it before and go into yeah. a, a different situation? I don't know what that would be. Bo Horvat, potentially. You know, does he does he go big game hunting on the defensive side of things? We talked about Gabrikov a little bit yesterday. Maybe he goes after a loss in Kraus like Craig mentioned. You know, so I I I don't know. It's just kind of something that I thought yesterday when I was – Really taking, uh, taking a peek at some of the options that the Leafs could have at the, de- at the deadline.
2: No, that's a good observation, A.B. It it, there's definitely, uh, everyone talking about Ryan O'Reilly is probably talking about, is not talking about Ryan O'Reilly in the way that he's presented this year. It's definitely not a secret, and, and depending on what they would have to give up to get him, it might be a risky one. Foligno yeah. stench, Sudbury stench, I, 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 that's kind of what it's got to it.
0: Like, Matthew Nyes, for me, would, would not be on the table in a Ryan O'Reilly deal. Not for that one. I don't no. think i give up Matthew Nyes for a rental. I think it'd have to be a play with term for me to, to stomach giving up uh, a top prospect like that. I think I've come to that conclusion yeah, uh, when that's it fair. comes to... To Matthew Nyes, Uh, TSN 1050 has your easiest chance to win Leafs tickets all season long. Follow at TSN 1050 on Instagram, find our latest giveaway post. Like it and tell us who you bring to see the Leafs vs. Islanders on January 23rd. A winner will be announced tomorrow right here on Leafs Lunch. Kevin Sawyer going to join us on the other side, former NHLer and uh, Jets color analyst. We're teeing up tonight's game, Leafs and Jets. You can watch it on TSN4. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Tichieri. Hour 2 of Leafs Lunch coming up next.